0: The Sarah Frazier Show is a daily podcast covering pop culture, reality recaps like Sister Wives, 90 Day Fiancé, and your favorite Bravo shows, plus guests of all kinds. You might learn something too, and a splash of Sarah's own personal life. Hint, she's been trying to have a second baby at 42 and shares every last detail about it, for better or worse. The Sarah Fraser Show has been featured in the New York Post, Daily Mail, and more. You might have seen Sarah's recently-only Lifetime's Married at First Sight kickoff and mid-season show with host Kevin Frazier. So check out The Sarah Frazier Show wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's up, Wikimaniacs? Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Trust me, I know. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore, my guy, and it's time to Upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, you can get 25% off with the code reddit at trueclassic.com. Again, that's promo code reddit at trueclassic.com.
2: Hey, this is Mark Jolliffe a.k.a. DJ Soundwave, host of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I want to welcome everybody listening to come check out my show, Infinite Banter. The topics are infinite, and I'll banter about anything from hip-hop music to TV to movies, wrestling, comic books. You name it, I've talked about it on this show I've had guests like Kurok from the Fat Boys and underground hip-hop acts like Dirt Platoon on the show. I've also had actor Joshua Michael from The Walking Dead, Tommy McLaughlin, director of Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, as well as independent wrestlers like Shaza McKenzie and Roxy and legendary wrestlers like B. Brian Blair have all been on the show. So come check out Infinite Banter, where I'll talk about anything from TV to comic books to wrestling to hip-hop music. Listen to the show on all digital platforms, specifically Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Everywhere you hear podcasts, you'll hear the show Infinite Banter. So come check me out, the Infinite Banter Podcast.
0: Welcome everyone to Reddit on Wiki. My name is Josh Shell, and with me are my two wonderful co-hosts. First up is the man who can never break kayfabe because he doesn't know how to be anything other than himself. It's Sean.
3: What's up, Sean? Love to hear it. What's up, my guy? You like that? I liked it. I liked it a lot.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Did I use it properly? That's the
3: main thing. It was chef's kiss,
1: my guy.
0: Hell yes. Our other host is the king of puns himself, the man who is always leaving me (laughs) dumbfounded. It's John. How's it going, man?
1: Not feeling good after my last performance, but hi. (laughs)
0: That's okay, man. That's okay. (laughs) Last week's last week. We leave that in the past.
1: Yeah, it happens.
0: I'm expecting pun after pun this episode. It's a new
3: day, my guy.
1: Hey, so sometimes you just don't perform as well as you want to, you know?
0: Yeah, it's okay. It happens to all of us, you know?
1: To the best of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is our second official week of content, and the response has been unreal, guys. Tons of uh, reviews, tons of comments, tons of tweets, you know? Loving the response. So keep them coming, and we will keep the content coming.
1: Oh, yeah. Keep it coming. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cookie worthy. (laughs)
1: Oh, God. No, no, no,
0: Sean. We keep those to your episodes. (laughs) My review today comes from Ye Old Crime, who gave us a five-star rating. Ooh, love it. They say, yeah, oh, I love the five stars. I won't read anything other than that. So just keep that in mind, people. (laughs) They say, quote, I love all these guys from their various other projects. And I can already tell by the first episode that this is going to be in my top 10. I absolutely adore John. And then in brackets, it says my boba buddy. And I can't wait to learn more about the other hosts and see what kind of insane stories these three plan to dig up from the bowels of the interwebs. We are going to disappoint you more than you think the <laughs> <you> old guy. <laughs> um, but uh, John might be your boba buddy. We'll find something to bond over.
1: Yeah, you guys are you guys are just the side bitches, the other guys.
0: Yeah, I know. Do you like Froyo? We could be Froyo <laughs> friends or something. <laughs> That's fucking Canadian as hell.
1: Poutine, Poutine poppy? <laughs> Poutine, Poutine pals?
0: Poppy. <laughs> Beavertail buddies, that might be something else. Don't look that up. Sean um, Sean can
1: be brisket bay.
0: <laughs> Either way, thank you for that lovely review, you old crime. If you want your reviews read out on the show, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser, and you too can be my Froyo friend or wh- whatever we come up with. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is time to insert a segue here. I couldn't think of one, so here that's that's it. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry. Love to see it. We're,
1: we're still working out the kinks. All right, Damn, is- <laughs> oh,
0: I was under under pressure, and uh, that's that's what it is, guys. I hate to- I hate to break it to you. The uh, content doesn't get better from here. For those of you who don't know what Reddit on Wiki is, we research things using Wikipedia, Reddit basically it. We don't have many sources. You can go check. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's going to be poorly done, but it's going to be entertaining as fuck. So buckle in and just take everything we say with a grain of salt. Time for me to introduce today's topic. For those of you listening, you've probably saw the title already, but for Sean and John, have either of you heard of the tragedy called Exercise Tiger?
1: No. No.
0: And would you like to guess on what Exercise Tiger is? And I gave you a hint in there. It said tragedy, so...
1: Did, did someone go on a magic shroom ride and ride a tiger and they got fucked up?
3: Yes, that was in Florida, but this is not <laughs> what that is. I was thinking like a demon inside of a tiger. Ooh, okay, I like exorcist that. Style. Hold on, like a,
1: like a possessed tiger?
3: Yeah, he said exercise, so I was thinking exorcist. Damn, oh. I like where Sean said that. Okay. That's uh.
0: I'm not John though. I don't do the paranormal stuff.
1: Yeah. Hold on. Wait, did you say exercise or exercise?
3: Exercise. It sounds the same to me, Doc. Like workout, you just Is add my accent. Oh, so it's a workout. Oh, oh a workout. <laughs> so <laughs> so then I completely like, wrong. Okay, fuck Emily me. Rose,
1: like back of your head, like Undertaker shit exercise, bro.
3: Yeah, the Tiger's head completely three sixty. <laughs> yes, like that's what it was.
1: That's exactly.
0: No. Wow. Um, so it's safe to assume that you guys are not sure what exercise Tiger means. No, <laughs> we were wrong. <laughs> no, uh, shit, sadly we're wrong. you were. Sad... <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, I will read out the. Wikipedia first paragraph for you guys, and, uh, we will see if it helps you guys understand what it is. (laughs) So Wikipedia says, quote, exercise tiger or operation tiger was one of a series of large scale rehearsals for D-Day invasion of Normandy, Uh. which took place in April, 1944 on Slapton Sands in Devon. Coordination and communication problems resulted in the friendly fire death during the exercise. And an Allied convoy positioning itself for the landing attack was attacked by e-boats of Nazi Germany's Kregsmarine, resulting in the death of at least 749 American servicemen. Because of the impending invasion of Normandy, the incident was under the strictest secrecy at the time and was only nominally reported on afterwards. End quote. So does that give you a little bit of a hint? We're going,
3: we're going Nazi Germany, baby. Well. <laughs> you keep bringing John back to Nazi Germany. What are you trying to do to this Dude, man?
1: Getting flashbacks <laughs> and the viola.
0: I do talk about PTSD too. I know. So, uh, yeah, so sadly there is no John in the story now that I think about it. Although there probably is, I just no
3: name John. So were there actual tigers, like John said? I'm kinda disappointed there's no tigers in this. I <laughs>
1: know yeah, I'm waiting, I'm looking at them. I'm waiting for a tiger.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, I don't know why it was called Exercise
0: Tiger. Um you hate other to see than it. that was just the quote name for it. They were it's weird now that I think about it. I did a lot of research for this and I did not ever question it. <laughs> Sadly, it's not Tony the Tiger, but I will give you the setup for Exercise Tiger or Operation Tiger. So on August 17th, 1942, the Allied Canadian forces attempted to land on the beaches of Dieppe, over 130 kilometers away from the beaches of Normandy that would be captured two years later. However, you know, since we don't hear about this beach as often, it's safe to say they did not manage to capture Dieppe due to... What's
3: that? Oh, I thought you said something. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> was it a ghost? I, I was looking at John. I was like, Did you? D- did I?
1: <laughs> Maybe it's the possessed tiger.
3: The, well, the tiger is coming exercise back, dude. Tiger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we spoke into existence.
0: I heard you talking shit. It's just a ghostly form of Tony the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to beat the shit out of us.
3: Terrifying. Great. <right. laughs> Tony's fucking swole, dude. He fuck you up. He's an dude. exercising tiger. <laughs> that's
1: yeah. That yeah. fool dick. <laughs> I'm not a furry, okay? Just let's put it
3: up there. Uh, uh, That's the title well, for this episode. John is a furry. <laughs> like John,
0: definitely not a furry. <laughs> Anyone who has to clarify that yeah, is uh, kind of sus, right? It's concerning. <laughs> um, due to poor communication, terrible planning of routes, and not surveying the land and geography beforehand, The Canadians were absolutely handed their ass on a poutine platter. The tanks that managed to land on the beaches were rendered almost useless, with the loose rock and sand making them unable to move. The dozen or so tanks that did manage to make it through the town were unable to overcome the German defenses and were quickly dispatched of. With little to no air support or naval support, about a quarter of the soldiers that landed were killed and well over half were wounded or captured by the German forces. Their defeat wasn't for nothing, though, as it laid the groundwork for one of the most important days in World War II, D-Day. Uh, and I know what you're, you know, I know what you're saying, "Wow, such an uplifting story." I, <laughs> yeah. but what does this have to do with tigers and exercising? Uh, the question we all have. Yes, and it actually has nothing to do with either of those things. <laughs> so, um, so, so that was the that that was a big you know big mistake cost quite a few lives and, and was very sad for the Canadian army. But they took that and they prepared for D-Day. The next year saw the Allies preparing for an all-out offensive. They wanted to get their troops in quickly to relieve some of the pressure on the Soviet forces in the east. But they didn't want to make the same mistakes as in Dieppe. Now, the Soviet forces, obviously, they're, they're making their push on the eastern front of, of the German forces. And the Allies wanted to hop in there, you know, help them out. Because we were boys back in the day, you know, us and Stalin. I don't, that that feels wrong to say. (laughs) (laughs) So they began scouting for a potential landing spot for their armies. Many coastal land was considered, including Norway, Italy, and Dunkirk. However, Mm. the Germans had already prepared for an attack at all these locations. And so the Allies eventually agreed on the beaches of Normandy, just with its geography and and like, they had less German forces there. So it was probably the best chance they had to, to actually make a push. And Something I'd never thought of, but yeah, Norway was definitely captured by Germany. And I always forget that. Like the Nordic countries just never come to my head.
1: I feel like Germany caught everybody. Like, they just.
3: Everybody captured. in Central Europe.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mainland Europe. They almost got them all.
1: It's crazy how were... small of a country Germany is and had so much freaking firepower.
0: Yeah. They're determined people. They want to be. It's scary not in a good way either so let's clarify that before i get clipped out of context too late josh it's already happened uh, god damn it i'm canceled
1: yeah quit stalling welcome,
0: welcome to my okay there he's back yes. baby he's back i'm back uh, let's clap let's give him some encouragement this time
1: it's broke my broke my heart last week <laughs>
3: We're building you back up, my guy. <laughs> yeah,
0: we have to break you down before we can build you better yeah. than ever.
1: fuck <laughs> am my like a million dollar man or some shit? You're like a phoenix.
0: Yeah, something like that. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> With the location selected and the Allies began sending in recon planes to assess the geography, fortification, and terrain of the beaches. They wanted to avoid their tanks being rendered useless by the sand and find weak points in the German army along the coast. The recon planes would take hundreds of pictures of the beach while the sea was at high tide, low tide, and everywhere in between. This allowed researchers and scientists to determine the gradient of the sand and plan the best time of attack. Now, you're probably wondering how did they assess the beach's condition from the air? Because it seems pretty impossible to tell what kind of sand it is down there, especially with the photography back in the day. Um, and you're right, because it was impossible. So on New Year's Eve, 1943-44, Major Logan Scott boat it. And Sergeant Bruce Ogden Smith boarded a boat that brought them off the shore of Gold Beach and had to swim about a quarter of a mile to shore. So could you imagine like dead of night, it's New Year's Eve, and they're like, you two have to go to shore (laughs) and get sand because we need to know if we can land here. Oh, by the way, there's an entire German force just over that hill. (laughs) Don't don't get caught. Like it would be very, very stressful.
1: (laughs) Can we just say oh. some people just have like the perfect name for the perfect occupation? Like that guy's name True. was Boated, and he was tasked <laughs> to go to a boat. Come on, yeah, it's this shit just this <laughs> shit just writes itself. He
0: he definitely has the most American name, I think. Yeah, and he uh, was perfect for the job because he accomplished it. After they were done, they made the quarter mile swim back to the ship, which is. Just insane if you think about it, like with the equipment they had to bring. Damn. And you're swimming against the tide, right? So you're, you're really having to push and crazy. So kudos to those two. Uh, and they brought the sand back uh, safe and sound. It was analyzed and discovered to be the perfect sand for the tanks to maneuver on. All of this analysis and recon was not enough for the Americans because nothing ever is. <laughs> mm. There's my one shot today. My one shot. You okay? get yeah, one an episode. Yeah. Won an episode. Nice. I'll <laughs> use that. That was it. But it was fair <laughs> enough. You know, the entire free world rested on them getting this operation correct. So the sand, right? Know, yeah. The sand, the sand, right. They want, they want to capture the beaches. Otherwise they're like, it's kind of not looking good at that point if they don't. So in the mid 1943, they began searching for somewhere that they could run training missions for their troops. The idea being that they wanted their men to experience what real war was like before they got there basically giving them pre PTSD before giving them actual PTSD. <laughs> right. The training grounds they settled on were some beaches just south of Devon, England, called Slapton Sands, which is such a great name. I love Slap Slapton, just them slapping the ba- the beaches. Yeah. <laughs> the geography and composition of the beach being very similar to Utah Beach where the Americans would be landing. Huh. So Uh, After they decided this, they yeeted the people who lived there nearby out (laughs) (laughs) and uh, began planning exercise or Operation Tiger, the training exercise that resulted in 10 times more deaths than on Utah Beach during D-Day. Now, this is a bit of an awkward transition, but John said if I didn't put an ad break in here, he would eat me out of my house and send a tiger after me. So uh, please enjoy some ads from the lovely sponsors that keep this podcast going.
1: Why is it always me?
3: It's a demon tiger. Get it right, Josh.
0: And we are back. John, does that, does that ad break satisfy your insatiable need for money?
1: You know, you're, yes. <laughs> I'm showing my stripes here, all right?
3: Those front nice. row WWE tickets won't pay for themselves, Josh. Yeah,
1: you know, you know. yeah.
0: He calls it a business expense, but I know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to, back to World War II. So, the Americans are preparing for a series of exercises on Slapton beaches to prepare for what we now know as D Day, where the Allies storm the beaches of Normandy. Just a quick recap the exercises near Devon began December 1943 and progressed to become more and more realistic, with Operation Tiger being the largest and was scheduled to begin between April 22nd and April 30th, 1944, only a few months before D Day. So, as you can imagine, they start off with like some preliminary training in late December, early January, just you know, getting them getting them used to what they're gonna experience when they do the full thing within Operation Tiger. It involved thousands of troops landing on and storming the beaches. And to make the whole exercise realistic, Eisenhower himself ordered live fire to be used Holy during the exercise. Shit. Oh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Everything. Everything I already Everything know what could is going.
3: possibly go wrong. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You know, smart man. Maybe not his best decision, <laughs> but uh, the first half of the week, when it is planned, They the troops remained on the land, practicing disembarking from the boats and formations. It wasn't until the 26th of April that the troops boarded the ships and went out into the English Channel to circle back and practice the invasion. The first assault was set to take place on April 22nd at 7.30 a.m., which is way goddamn too early.
1: <laughs> That's late, actually. Th- 7.30 a.m.? Military time—that's hella late.
0: John wakes up every morning at like four thirty to go gym it up. I think John might have taken out like Al Qaeda. (laughs) (laughs) I was
1: at the desk, my guy. (laughs) They don't call it chair force for nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that—it's too early for me. Then I'll go with that. Does that sound? (laughs) So the the exercise was to include live ammunition and bombardments of the beach to take place fifty minutes before the ships arrived to acclimate the troops to war, you know, get them used to there being holes in the ground, uh, the smell of the war, the sounds of it is, you know, like just getting them them used to it. As I said, the PTSD before the PTSD.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um,
0: Yeah, not great. Uh, However, oh, sorry. This was to be known as H-hour. However, the morning of Admiral Don P. Moon decided it was best to delay the assault an hour until 8.30 a.m., so the ships communicated th- to the bombardment squad and told them to delay an hour as well. Makes sense, right? You, wanna, you don't want them bombarding two hours before you arrive. That's just not, sm- the smell's not there. The sounds aren't there. It's not the same hype. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the same hype? Like this shit's like a party or something?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a rave. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> have very different definitions of hype, dude. Getting hype yeah. for certain things. We have different definitions up here. <laughs> 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 this wouldn't have been a big deal However, some of the landing crafts did not receive word of the time change due to a communication error, and so just as they were landing on the beaches, uh, you know, around 730, that is when the bombardments began. This mistake was costly and resulted in over 400 deaths by friendly fire. Jesus. Yeah. Not great. So, you know, already first, first exercise, and it well, first big exercise, and it's already going this way, so it it only gets worse from here.
3: It gets worse? Uh, uh, they, they said, let's keep going. Let's keep practicing let's keep the friendly going. fire thing. They got,
1: they got no speakers to like simulate that shit?
0: I guess not. Back in the day, I, I don't know how they didn't communicate to all the boats. Like, hey, don't, don't go in because tide's not high enough. I, I actually don't know why. He called it an hour later. Maybe he wanted to sleep in a little bit. Either way, bad call. And resulted in, yeah, approximately over like 400 deaths. So not Man. great. So they, they continued with the, the exercise and they, they got through it during the day. And then later that night on the 27th, the men once again headed out into the English Channel to make another assault in the morning to practice. However, waiting for them there were around nine German e-boats. This should have never happened because HMS Scimitar and HMS Azalea were actually assigned to escort the convoy and keep an eye out for any German e-boats, obviously. like It would be dumb to just send these, peop- these men out there unarmed. Like these, these ships are just landing ships, right? They're LTS, so they're not going to be much help in a firefight. <laughs> However, it was clearly not the Americans' day because the HMS Scimitar had collided with its landing ship tank and was ordered to head back to Plymouth for repairs. Replacing the Scimitar was the HMS Saladin. However, once again, there was (laughs) communication error between differing radio frequencies between the LSTs and the naval headquarters, meaning that no one knew about the fucking ship change. This left a gap big enough for the German e-boats to sneak through. (laughs) So it's just like, if something could go wrong, it goes wrong here. It is just not looking good and uh, kind of a dark omen. On what actually ends up being a good thing. But we'll get to that. Is
3: this all one day?
0: This is all within the span of
3: two days, I think. Two days, yeah. okay.
1: That's a lot two days, of yeah. events in two mm-hmm. days.
3: To go wrong. Yeah, because
0: this is the, tw- like the very early 28th, the German e-boats show up. So it's like just after midnight. So the friendly fire happened at 7.30 on the 27th. And now this is 1.30 on the 28th. So not even 24 hours has passed. Jesus. So the... German E-boats split into three groups and began firing torpedoes at the boats. Two of the LSTs sunk and two more were severely damaged. Confusion and chaos meant a slow response, but once they started firing back at the German E-boats, they began to retreat back into the English Channel. So they did, you know, they managed to save some of the boats, uh, some of the men. In this terrible battle, however, approximately 700 men were killed and another 200 or so were injured. Many of these deaths were attributed to soldiers being improperly taught on how to wear life jackets, Jeez. resulting in many deaths by drowning. There was also many deaths uh, due to hypothermia. Just people who did have their life jackets on were just kind of hanging out there because they didn't have a response to pick people up in the English Channel. Now, you may have noticed when I'm saying numbers, like uh, I say around or proximate, uh, because no one actually knows the official numbers. They've never been released by the Americans or by the UK government. And all of the survivors and witnesses were made to swear secrecy of the entire event. Now, obviously, at the beginning, it was to hide like D-Day. They were obviously training to do D-Day. So they wanted to hide that fact. But it also, it seems like it was also to hide embarrassment of losing so many lives because the saddest part about it was, um, the men that died during this training exercise didn't receive a proper memorial until 1994. Jesus. Yeah. Assault. So 50 years later, if I'm mass correct, which it's not always, <laughs> but
1: my God.
0: Yeah. Don't worry. It gets better. We win the war. It's Okay. Um, this entire debacle almost resulted in the allies canceling the attacks on D-Day because 10 officers were reported missing. Now, you may say, what's the big deal? 10 officer out of 1,000? Doesn't seem like much. Could you guys even hazard to guess why these 10 officers uh, mattered so much?
1: They were probably, like, command of certain attack groups, maybe? And they knew you're the close. strategy of, like, what points they're responsible for?
0: Close. You're getting. You're, you're, you're warm. Any guess from you?
3: Uh, John was in the military. Uh, <laughs> most experience I have is Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play call of
1: booty all the time. so.
3: Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just imagined they were an important part of the strategy and maybe they were, you know, had been a part of previous attacks on beaches or something. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. So you guys are kind of dancing around it. You're assuming that all these soldiers know D-Day is going to happen. However, it was very top secret. Like they didn't know what they were training for. They were just training for, I mean, they probably could have assumed what it was, but, these 10 officers were very few that knew the top secret plans of Mm. D-Day. So the English and the Americans were obviously very worried that the Germans had captured their men and knew about the plan. Uh, So the allies scoured the English channel until they found and identified the dead 10 officers. So D-Day almost did not happen because they were so like ill-prepared with these exercises. And all those deaths were almost for nothing. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy how, like, close it was. Like, if one of those German boats just happened to snag up one of those 10 or they had, like, one of those 10 happened to not be found, like, none of that would have happened. Or that it would have been very less likely to happen because they would have been worried that the Germans were just waiting there for an assault, like, the assault to happen. Thankfully, however, the bodies were found, and the thousands of deaths weren't for nothing. Uh, The Allies learned and adapted from the mistakes that they made that day. Standard frequencies were finally implemented. Thank God. (laughs) And troops... Yeah, exactly. It seems like that would have solved, like, 95% of their problems. The troops were also taught how to properly deploy, deploy life jackets, and... Smaller wooden boats were deployed on D Day to help save those who were knocked overboard or pushed to sea, preventing people from drowning or hypothermia that day. So, to wrap it up, Exercise Tiger may have been a disaster, but they say mistakes make us stronger, and it definitely did for the Allies. As on June 6, 1944, the American, Canadian, and UK troops landed on the beaches of Normandy. Learning and adapting from the mistakes that cost thousands of soldiers' lives, the Allies pushed the Germans back from the beaches. And all but secured the victory over the Nazis.
3: The end. See, kind of uplifting, kind of sad, but mostly sad. Uh,
1: mostly, mostly sad. sad.
3: Yeah. This does make me want to yeah. go back and watch. Uh, man, what was that? What was that movie that was about the Battle of Normandy? It had so many good actors in it. Was Brad Pitt in that?
1: Why am I, I thinking Band of Brothers? Is, is that, I, it? that?
3: I think so. I think that is it. Oh, it's a mini series.
1: Oh yeah, it's like a it's HBO, right? Band of Brothers, something like
3: that. Yeah. Tom Hardy's in there, Fastbender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a zillion movies made about it, but I don't think any have been made about this that specific thing, the tiger.
1: I've never heard of it to be honest. That's kind of like the first time hearing about it. I feel
3: like the tiger movie yeah. would be much more disappointing than the than the Battle of Normandy,
1: <laughs> because there's like it's not really a triumphant one. It was just kind of like a
3: a, no test, a
1: test run that you know went wrong. Oh yeah. shit, we didn't
3: tell, what, what's his name? Oh shit, 400? <laughs> oh my, well, let's keep going like, It'd be a pretty sad, dark movie It's just an hour and a half of broken telephone Yo, You man. said what?
0: <laughs> Head
1: back like, to Pillith? Ah, push it to 8.30, <laughs> I'm trying to take a nap
0: <laughs> I need my bath in the morning yeah. and This is it's taking too long
1: Boat Boy did that for nothing What's his name? Bodie? Bodie.
0: Bodin? Bodin, yeah, Bowden. boat boat boy uh, boat boy (laughs) no he yeah i mean there's there's tons of like actual brave people like soldiers in this just being led by i'm gonna say incompetence i don't mean like that in a bad Uh way but no
3: i mean yeah they didn't teach these guys how to wear life vests. you think that'd be pretty important for storming a beach i mean 100 (laughs) seems like that would be maybe day one Day one, kind of stuff,
0: right? You had four four months of this, and you couldn't be like, "Hey, here's how you wear a vest." It's like, yeah, maybe maybe that should have been what you started with in December. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, I, I I guess just hearing it, just you know, the perspective of like being in armed service at some point, I, I think that's a common theme. Even though like, war, of course, war is just a whole totally different beast, like the mentality yeah. that you need to have to actually be there, like the physical toll it takes in your body. But even in like peacetime. I think part of the problem of the military is just there's so much, most likely a lot of these people are like kids, you know, like kids out of high Mm -hmm. school. And a lot of them just doesn't have the the wherewithal to kind of realize the situation that they're in. So a lot of them kind of follows blindly, but at the same time, it's the leader's responsibility to have them fully prepared. And I see, I, I just see a lot of, and this is not to downplay some of the great leaders, but there's a lot that are have that ineptitude to, to lead, especially when lives are involved.
0: No, 100%. Like, And it's, I mean, there's good and bad sides to all the leaders. Like Eisenhower obviously was, was a great leader. He made this mistake where he was like, maybe we should use live rounds. And it's mm-hmm. like... Huge mistake. Well, huge mistake. I don't know if that does help. I'm not a mental... Like, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not sure if actually going through battle helps you when you go through another battle. Maybe it does. <laughs> like, there's that thing where you visualize the basket going in. I don't know if it's the same same concept. But yeah, yeah definitely made some mistakes. Uh, but in the end, like I said, those deaths weren't for nothing. They went towards the American and, and Allied force learning from those mistakes and overcoming on D-Day and, and taking the beaches. And then subsequently freeing france and then germany and then you know eventually kicking all the nazis ass and that's that's what we like right
1: yep absolutely exactly and i think and, and you know kind of just to add that too and it, it's it's just a sad reality that we kind of have to live with that when war is involved people are bound to be pawns at a mm-hmm. larger scope of things you know and it's yep. just they just become like this dispensable chess piece and it's it's sad because that's someone's son, you know, that's someone's yeah. father, and yeah. we look back and it's just, yeah, it's heroic thinking about it, but I'm not trying to downplay like the the situation that they were in because that it sounds like it is a vital exercise to have experience for them to eventually get to the main goal, but mm-hmm. it would have been more satisfying for their duty to actually. If if that was like the inevitable for them to like pass away, I think it would have been yeah. like more satisfying if I had done it storming that beach and not losing their lives over a a dumb mistake by a leader.
3: Yeah. That's that's no, that's, I agree. that's
1: that's what eats me up because that could have been me. It could have yeah. been could have been anyone who decided to like, you know, take an oath of enlistment, you know?
3: And even back then, I mean, was it even a choice to enlist? I don't think
1: so at that point. Right. It's, it's a, it was, was it a draft or am I tripping?
3: I know during Vietnam, it was a draft. I don't know about the world. Wars. I don't know if, I don't know if it was for American troops. Cause like
0: for the United Kingdom and like Canada and Australia, cause we like, the, it was nearing the end of the war for us. You guys had just entered like a couple of years prior. Mm. Um, So you guys were fresh. I don't know if you guys would have been drafting at that point or like, yeah, mandatory draft. I didn't do that research, so I don't know. Presumably you guys had people ready and training the entire time of the war. It would be weird if you guys were just watching the world war and being like, nah, we don't have to prep yet. And then like, (laughs) you know,
1: you know, America, we just got to stick our nose all the time.
0: (laughs) No, it's a little bit of a sad one, but I definitely think it's a piece of history that should not be forgotten. And I think the American and United Kingdom governments definitely slipped up in not memorializing them earlier and not paying tribute to them uh, earlier than they did, or even celebrating them today. Like it definitely should be a thing along with D-Day. And that is my rant for today. So thank you everyone for listening to this very sad episode. Uh, (laughs) Next time I will do a fun one. I don't, I don't want to be known as the guy who does sad episodes. I'll do like an internet one or
3: something. First, you have all the missing people. Now you got all yeah. the military mistakes.
1: I'll I'll do a fun one. <laughs> Hitting it where it hurts I'll all ma- the time.
3: Yeah, I'll make
0: us read fantasy someday.
3: There it is. There it is.
1: <laughs> the one that the one that Sean uh, likes. <laughs>
3: yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I like. Yeah.
0: Cookie base. Ma- we're baking bread this week.
3: Ooh, Bowden. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh,
0: if you can please leave us a rating and review on apple podcast and pod chaser it helps us out and you can have a chance to have your review read out on the upcoming episodes uh, if you want to keep up with the show please hit that subscribe button and stay up to date with our latest episodes we are weekly now so be prepared every monday for an episode straight to your ear holes that's how i'm going to describe podcasts now oh yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> so moist <laughs> If you still want more from us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Reddit on Wiki. Uh, Sean, let's hear your plugs and shout out anything you need to shout out.
3: Oh, yeah. I will say this episode did make me want to go back and watch like a ton of war movies. And even though it is sad, it it gets me in the mood to kind of like... Like I recently watched 1917 and that Mm, movie is crazy.
0: That movie hits
3: different. Yeah, I can't remember where they cut it looked like a one shot the whole movie i was like this is insane like logistically to do this type of shit but uh plugs we'll get on the plugs right if you want to hear more from (laughs) me uh, you can find me on my other podcast shots and thoughts we come out with new episodes every monday as well we learn something new every week we play three drinking games and then we make the drunkest person give a drunken recap (laughs) you can find us on instagram tiktok twitter all of that at sntpod
0: yeah yeah, definitely go to their TikTok. Their uh, their clips are awesome. Hey, Bert,
1: uh, did you, you guys just did reaction one about that dude with a big dick, right? That was funny.
3: Dude with a big dick? <laughs> oh, <laughs> getting, bro. Did y'all see that? Sh- Sean erased it from his memory. <laughs> bro, I had to, like, mentally it was taxing. I was like, that can't be real. That has to be <laughs> no, a prosthetic, think, bro. Yeah, shout out know? Patrick from the Dumbfound Dead. He messaged me. He was like, oh yeah, I heard that shit was real. He was like, <laughs> And the, the star from that show, the main actress, divorced her husband and is now dating the guy with the huge penis. I'm like, I, I still refuse. I refuse to think of, it was to his knee, bro. I think it's so funny that Patrick did all this research for that. I <laughs> he know, right? Out of all the
1: things you fucking researched, my guy, it's this.
3: He's done more research <laughs> on, the, on that guy than... <laughs> that's a long dick. Dude. But damn, that's my forearm. <laughs> right. Bro, legit. Have you seen it, Josh? No, I have not yet. <laughs> Was it episode well, three? I don't I don't episode three? Right, episode three, minute 19, 50 seconds. Just blow, oh, dude. It literally, is right. literally,
2: I'll, <laughs> I'll, bro. Just I'll go
3: watch it, and then
0: uh, next episode we can uh, we can talk about. It. <laughs> dude, I'll, I'll I'll give you my reaction. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my topic. <laughs> there nice. you go. Just is just it real? About... <laughs> <laughs> <Shit. sighs> John. I know this is your only job right now, but to let me know if you have any shout-outs, any oh, any man. plugs. I'm
1: telling you, you always try to hit me where it hurts, man. But yeah, I'm this, sorry, th- buddy. This is my only show now. It's all good. But hey, I actually yeah. I just want to give a shout out to to all our listeners, whether you're a dummy, whether you're a Fred, whether you're a shoddy, or now, hopefully we convert you to a wiki maniac. Just wanna give a, a huge shout out to everybody. Um thank you for being so engaging with us and just continually talk to us, answering to our polls and all that that's probably our most favorite thing to do. And I don't, again, I don't want to speak for everyone, everyone in the room, but as podcasters, your reaction and your interaction is, is what keeps us going. So please yeah. conti- continue to support us as, as best as possible. If not financially, cause I know ta- uh, times are rough, but if you can just hit us up and, you know, uh, tweet at us, DM us, leave us a review, that would go extremely far for us. So just want to say thank you to and shout out to everyone out there.
0: Wow, you did my outro better than I am. I've written down here. So.
1: Uh, <laughs> Pretend I didn't say shit. Let let uh, <laughs> let, let Josh nope. do his thing now.
0: That's it. I don't. Have, I I now have less work to do. So that is my main <laughs> my main concern. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening again. And as John said, interaction key. We love you guys, and I can't wait to hear from you guys again. Yeah. We are ready right on Wiki. Something something. Outro. <laughs> See you next time. We Another, don't know
1: yet. <laughs>
3: Another one. Oh, we're done? Yeah, that was it. That was, okay. that's my
1: <laughs> <Shit>.
3: <laughs> Another perfect segue.
0: Audible is the largest collection of audiobooks and podcasts.